Graham, how about a little role play? How about a little role play, my guy? Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Welcome to the Hidden Roleplay Podcast, where we discuss deception in hidden roleplay games. I'm your host, Kyle. Here with me is Graham. And of course, we have Alex running the show behind the scenes. Say hello, Graham. Hello, everybody. And today, we're going to be talking about um, One Night Ultimate Werewolf for our inaugural game review. We're also going to be dabbling... Um, with the Daybreak expansion, because I feel like it's the one that um, is least thematic. It goes the most um, compatibly with the original version of the game. So I thought, why not just do that one as well? Graham, but before I I get into the game specifically, I just want to touch generally on what appeals to you about deception games. Oh, I like the lie. I also like to, uh, I'm a big poker fanatic, so I also like to uh, try to get reads on other people. Um, really, that's about it. I like so I, I like inter- interacting with people and trying to solve them without the perfect information or even partial information there on the table. How about would you, you? Would you describe yourself as an introvert or an extrovert? I'm curious. Oh, I would absolutely describe myself as an introvert. <laughs> I feel you? like you... Like compared to me, you might be an extrovert. I don't know. That's yeah. how I, in, my, in terms of our friend group, I see you as an extrovert. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would. I would put us in terms of yeah, our friend group as the extrovert, but in terms of the general populace as an introvert. <laughs> okay. Because even like this game, like when I go to Gen Con, they do huge, long sessions of pl- people playing this One Night Werewolf. Okay. I've never done one because I don't want to play with people I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that's my problem at conventions, too. I bring that up because I am a very introverted person, but I feel like this game is perfect for extroverted people, but all the people I know who like to play it, like, I think would call themselves introverts. So it's it's kind of unusual in that way because it's a social mechanics game, but you have to to be really talkative during it. But I I think it still appeals to, to people who are introverts as well. For me, um... I have kind of like a yin and yang relationship with this game because I I feel like um, you you and Alex would agree that I am, am a very orderly person. Not mm-hmm. I'm not trying to like say that I'm um, obsessive compulsive or anything like that. But you are. Uh-huh. But I like having things uh, a certain way in my mind and very organized, and I, I like to be in control of a situation. But for me, Werewolf is like the embodiment of chaos. So there's so much going on at once. It's hard to to find the order underneath all that chaos. So now that I've kind of explained it, maybe what I like about it is trying to put things into order. I don't know. That makes sense. I can get that. Yeah. But I'd in like general, dub- what was that? I was just going to say, I'd like to double down on the point you said about how you're introvert, but you'll enjoy playing this. And like in our friends group, like our wives, I would say most of them are extroverts and like none of them enjoy it. 
So this is really strange. Is this a game that we assume extroverts like but might be better for introverts? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe we just don't know the right people who are extroverted to, to play it with. Right, that's I fair. I assume that they would have some kind of advantage here, but maybe I'm wrong. Right. I guess maybe introverts people watch more, so they pick up on ticks. I don't know. All right. Yes, you do like to put things in order. That makes sense. I get that. I do too. I'm a little OCD when it comes to certain things. And yeah, like you said, you just like to like the the thrill of getting away with something. That's the other part of it. That's very opposite from my personality is I'm kind of the kind of person who follows the rules and does things how they're supposed to be done and takes like a kind of pride in, in doing things the right way. And yet there's something about getting away with something that like mm-hmm. right under everyone else's noses that's really thrilling to me <laughs> not to sound like a criminal no i get that because like when i play you know video games like that are choice based affected say skyrim or fallout games like that i still tend to play as a player with good intentions like i can't even find myself able to steal in those games but when i lie in werewolf it's like it all of a sudden it's just common second nature to me <laughs> Oh yeah, I played uh, Knights of the Old Republic recently, and I couldn't do the the bad playthrough the first time I played through. I forced myself to do a, a playthrough. <laughs> it's hard. Game. Yeah, I don't like being the bad guy. Nor I. But then it's werewolf, werewolf time. Exactly. Uh huh. So tell us how to play this game in a short synopsis. Okay, uh, I believe if I remember correctly, the base game is three to ten players. And um, what you're going to do is you grab, for every game, you're going to grab a set of town rolls and then two werewolves. And if there's a couple, four or five, et cetera, players, you're going to add a couple villagers to the deck. And what happens is there's always going to be more, three more cards than there are players. So that way there's a little bit of unknown to the game. And you're going to deal out cards to everybody. And they're going to look at the cards and they're going to keep their identities to themselves. And the game's played out in a night phase and a day phase. And at night, you'll have, assuming you're playing on using the app um, on your phone, there's an announcer, and they go through each roll. And if uh, you have a roll that wakes up and does something at night, the app will say, such and such roll, wake up. You'll do your action, and then you'll go, quote, unquote, back to sleep. And then during the day, uh, it's pretty basic. The town, well, town, everybody wakes up, and the players try to deduce with their rolls and with the discussion from the day, who the werewolves are and at the end of it all after uh, a few minutes there's a vote and the player with the most votes dies if a werewolf dies the town wins if there's a werewolf in the game and no werewolves die the werewolves win that's pretty much it i miss anything wow very succinctly put i'm impressed all right (laughs) okay so the main difference between one night ultimate werewolf and regular werewolf or mafia is that one night that you don't go killing one person after another trying to weed out the other faction instead you get one vote to get it right you have Mm -hmm. one talking session to find out who the werewolf is or for the werewolves to hide themselves what about the pros and cons of this game so let's let's both give what are we think the pros of playing this game versus another deception game is Okay. Do you want? Can I give the first pro? Yeah. How about you go first? All right. It's very quick. Yes. You could. You can jam numerous, many of these over the course of even like thirty minutes. I'm trying to think. I would bet 
if you have five or six players, the average game of this is what six minutes, seven minutes? About that, yeah, I'd say. So. Yeah. So, the ability to and most people I play with that do enjoy it, you play one, they want to play it again and again and again and again. It's so addictive. you can play. Yes. Yes, it's very addictive. It's uh, very easy to take places it's not like a typical board game where you have to bring a huge box lug it around set everything up you shuffle with this you shuffle a deck of up to like 12 whatever cards you deal some cards and that's it it's it's a lot of game in a very small footprint yeah going off of the the short games like and the addictiveness it's so easy to lose track of time playing this game and play for like You'll think you've played, eh, we may be playing 90 minutes and like twice that much time has gone right, by with how many Three games. hours later. Right, because like, yeah. you, you feel like you're only playing like two, three minute games because that's how low like we set the timer when we play. But right. really, it goes on quite a bit longer than that and you, you, you lose track of how many you've played. Right, and then there's a minute afterwards where everybody's like, oh, I thought you were the werewolf, but I was scared and stuff. Yeah, there's... It's always good debate and uh, talking points after the fact. Yeah, and having played so many um, repeated games one after the other, you you do build up this atmosphere of like whose winning record is this or I don't Mm want to lose to that person again because they really got me good that time. So you build up this kind of rapport based on how rapidly games are going one after the other. It's kind of like squeezing a regular season into a short session. Right, I actually think that the amount of paranoia increases the longer you play it in one session. If you're having a good time, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, my biggest pro would be the app for this game. Mm-hmm. It makes the game so accessible because you, you start explaining the game to someone and at some point you just say, just listen to the app, it's going to walk you through it. And you can't really mess up as long as you're like not trying to cheat. It's going to give you the order that you need to wake up and then it's going to count off the clock, and it, it throws in some jokes, and they're very corny, but every once in a while you get a laugh out of just how <laughs> silly it is to what you're listening to. So the app is amazing for this. It's essential. Right. Yeah. I mean, it pretty literally tells roles what to do. It's, you know, troublemaker, wake up, switch two cards. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's super makes it super accessible, like you said. You have another pro? Yes. No. Maybe. Not off the top of my head. Do you have another one? I have a couple more. Okay, give me those. Let me think. We kind of touched on replayability, but Mm -hmm. to expand on that, um, it's not just that you can play the game back-to-back. It's how interchangeable the pieces are. It has very movable parts. So if Mm -hmm. if one role is kind of like, been a bummer, and you're like, this one's a dud, let's get this one out of here, or... (laughs) Tanner! one one seems specifically maybe overpowered in this one set of friends that you're hanging out with like it seems like that person whoever gets that role is kind of dominating the conversation take that one out and and you can tweak it you can if the wolves are winning too much maybe you take out the minion if the the town is winning too much maybe you uh put in another villager you take out one of the more disruptive town roles like the robber or something Mm mm-hmm and my last pro, major pro for this one was how portable it is. Because the box is, is very small, yes. but you don't even need it. Like if you, right. I don't play with the tokens, do you? I've honestly never used them. Yeah, so there there are some roles that you, you must have tokens for, like the, um, the, the curator, I believe. 
Um, but then there's another set of tokens where it's just like there for your convenience, and I, I don't really use those. So I only need my pieces of cardboard and that's it, and my phone to use the app. So you can put it in in a in, in with my Pokemon cards when I go to a tournament. You can put it mm-hmm. in your purse. You can it's, you can it's put a, it a very small anywhere. box as you it can comes take, to. You could get it on a plane. Oh yeah, in a backpack. Yeah, I've. I actually went on a flight once where I went to a tournament and I only brought my carry-on. I didn't actually bring a luggage. And I, of the things I decided to bring with me was like two sets of clothes and Pokemon cards and this game. (laughs) Yeah, you can put it in a Ziploc bag. How about cons? Cons. Um, uh, You see, again, maybe I'm localized to our typical play group but it is a little bit of a polarizing game um there's not i mean in terms of the way to play it quote unquote properly probably there's no there's not a ton of flexibility you have to be good at lying you have to lie okay if you're a werewolf you have to lie and uh you can't like you can't win any other way without deception if you're a werewolf um if you're a town you have to come at the game from kind of the same angle almost every time in terms of yeah there's of definitely we... a, a prerequisite requirement to be comfortable with lying but i think that might go for most deception games like in terms of playing this game versus playing another deception game do you think that it's kind of like you either like all of them or you like none of them or is this like is there like a reason people would like turn down this specific game do you think um, I definitely think there's probably overlap. A lot of people that like social deduction games would like this and other ones. But in terms of this one specifically, I think one of the pros, like you said, is that it's so accessible to everyone that it's easy to teach. So it's pretty easy for people to find it if they do like it. But even as a first entry to the genre, uh, it feels a little more like linear than other ones. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Um I'm thinking of games like The Resistance, mm-hmm. where um, the the team play element I think comes across maybe a little better. I I feel like in this game, um, the, with all of the specific roles, um, sometimes people maybe get a little too into it, maybe a little too eccentric about the way they play or like how jazzed they get about this specific game. Because I know there are some people who prefer other. Um, similar genre games. Um, for me, the the big detriment to this one would be um, just the skill curve um, or the experience gap, maybe is a better way of putting it. Because if you've played this game before, you have a big advantage of over someone who hasn't played it before. Right, you've seen a lot of different outcomes based on roll cards, that's fair. One other like con in terms of what you were saying um, about like team games. So like a game like secret Hitler, it feels like it's a lot more difficult just because you have, let's say you're playing in a group and people have a read on one player that they're bad in secret Hitler. You can kind of get away with the group knowing that one person is bad. Whereas opposed to in werewolf, if you're a group of two werewolves, if one of you is giving it away that they're a werewolf, the game's over. Yeah. That can be frustrating. Yeah. But I definitely agree with the experience gap. You see, the more you see uh, different people take different lines with different roles, 
the more data you have on the way the typical player would play on it. Yeah, I think so I one of the that. things that I finally kind of flipped the switch for me with this game was not relying on the um, app to know what order roles go in. Once I had a pretty good um, memori- memorized order in my head, like I'm not saying I know all of them in order because there's like 40 roles mm-hmm. once, once you have expansions, but I I think that's one thing that kind of gave me an advantage over someone who was just sitting down for the first time. Do you have any specific things you, you could point to? Why, why does that? Gap. Why do you feel like it gives you an advantage? Because when if you're, if you're trying to claim that you're something that you're not, you could easily m- make a mistake if you're new, like knowing what order you came in. Like, oh, okay, so could, you couldn't possibly have had that card if someone else moved it before you would have. Okay, so someone that might have been listening intently for what they need to do and kind of zoning out during the other prompts is what you're okay. Uh, in terms of the skill cap, not really. In, uh, anything extra to add besides what I said of really, I mean, I think a lot of social deduction games, while they are social, I feel like you can find good data points if you've played them all enough. And since, like we said, Werewolf, you can jam so many games in one session and get so many data points about individuals and the way they're playing that an experienced player that knows how to deduce things from that gets an advantage a lot quicker than someone that's new to the game that day, say. Moving on, tell me some of your least favorite roles in the game, Graham. Do you want me to start with uh, just generic one-night werewolf, or do you want me to include Daybreak as well? Why don't we start with one-night werewolf, the base set. Give me your least favorite role. Okay. Um, my least favorite is the Tainer. Oh, I but, took mine, but I have an, I have a very close second that I can go to. My, well, that's what I was gonna say. Is my very close second. I mean, it's pretty much it, it's it's a toss up. Is the Mason? Yeah, the Mason would be my other one. Yeah. All right, we're aligned. Okay. Yeah. So I'll I'll, not... I'll I'll take one. You you talk about what the the Tanner and what your problem is with it. So for those of you that don't know, which if you're listening to this, you probably do know, but just in case you don't, the Tanner literally wants to die. And the Tanner only wins if he dies. And if the Tanner dies and no werewolves die, the werewolves don't win. Um, but uh, yeah, so if the Tanner dies and then a werewolf also dies, Bob, the village team wins, etc. But anyway, so the Tanner's considered a member of the village, but he's not going to win with the village. So that's already on face frustrating. Um, also, the Tanner is he's just not fun to play <laughs> to me. Um, your goal is to not necessarily be annoying, but you need to be able to draw suspicion to yourself without being overly obvious that you want to die. And it also makes for some, in my opinion, lackluster interruption, uh, in interactions, excuse me, with like the troublemaker, um, where if someone claims Tanner, then it got switched then the Tanner literally can't win because no one's going to vote for the Tanner. Um, I don't know. It just sucks. I hate it. Yeah, my problem with it is that it's oft forgotten in the conversations about this game is that it's a team game, and Mm -hmm. it makes it less fun for both teams to play the game. Yeah, you're introducing a third team for no reason. 
I wouldn't put it that way because it, it, you're you're playing a meat you're playing an I and win kind of game when you're the tanner. You're just yeah, yeah. you're one and there one are, person team. There are plenty of strategies to do when you're a tanner, which we can talk about really briefly. Like you can just actively try to sound like a werewolf, which is like the mm-hmm. most obviously thing you could think to do. I I think that's why people don't do it at once they play the game a little bit. Instead, you see things more like you look for an opportunity to quote unquote slip up. Right, mm-hmm. like someone switched your role, and you're you kind of like sound really questionable about whatever happened there, or or you you just try to claim what someone else claimed and and hope that you sound really bad at it, and they're like, oh, this person must be a werewolf. They're just really bad at claiming seer or whatever. Right. I think the the thing that like really gets me about Tanner is I've never met someone who was like really jazzed about figuring out that that cog in the machine like they're you're trying to read who's who in during the town discussion and they're like oh i think so and so is the tanner so now we've taken that uh, out of the the equation now we can focus on the werewolves i've never met anyone who's who looks forward to that part of the problem solving exactly it's and it's it's more difficult and more integral than just finding a werewolf because you have to find the tanner and then actively not kill it. So you have to find, you now have up to three players that are playing suspiciously and you have to deduce out of those three, which one is playing tanner suspicious as opposed to werewolf suspicious. I remember specifically, uh, there was one time I was a werewolf and I jumped out of my seat with excitement for how like how much fun we were having playing the game. And I was like, yes, we survived. We nailed somebody else. And that person turned out to be the Tanner, and what a soul-crushing defeat. Like, I was just like... <laughs> That's painful. It wasn't painful in a way like, man, they got me. It was painful in a way like, I did everything in my power to win the game, except figure out who the Tanner was. And, you know, that's on me, but it wasn't very fun, was it? Well, exactly. You can play an almost perfect round as the werewolf team, and then still lose that doesn't make sense. Like you said, it's a team-based game. Why can the werewolf team do everything you ask for them to do and then lose just based off one role? I'm sure there's someone out there listening who loves the Tanner and and we're (laughs) we're totally wrong about it, but sadist you're on your own there, pal. Yeah. Um, Masons. Tell me about them. The Masons. I feel like are too good in a sense. It's really hard to, to, disrupt the town's knowledge of two people waking up during the night phase and seeing each other it's really hard to disrepute that as a werewolf and Mm -hmm. it's not like a as cool a game action as as switching two people's cards or looking at someone else's card or looking at a center card or, or or even like there's some kind of quaintness to like being the drunk and like, oh, what role am I? Or or the insomniac right. I, is actually, I think, a really underrated role where you get to see your, your role at the end and you have ultimate knowledge because you went last. So I know mm-hmm. what I am. You have the only real concrete knowledge in the game, even more than the seer, because the seer could see a card that got moved. Right. But the, the mason is just like, yeah, I did a thing and it it can't really be contributed or that's not a word it can't really be um, <laughs> contributed i like that 
What is the word I'm looking for? It can't be denied. <laughs> you tell me English teacher. <laughs> because you'd, you'd really have to go out of your way to, to do something about that. I don't know. I, it's never been a, a very interesting role to me. Yeah, no, I don't find it interesting at all. Maybe I'm missing the minutia of gameplay there, but I, I don't put I mean, it in anymore. And I'm probably not going to give it a chance anytime soon. I mean, confirming two towns seems good. It is really good. Yeah, I, I, yeah. like I said, I don't think... It's really hard for the werewolves to win when the Masons are in the game for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. Not to mention, like... So one situation that can happen is you get the two Masons in, and then one of them is in the center. So then you, you wake up, and I guess that's the situation where a werewolf can take advantage, right? Is that the, you could say, like, uh, I woke up and the other Mason wasn't there. But that's only in the situation that both Masons are in the center, and the odds mm-hmm. of, like it's really hard even as a werewolf to counterclaim a single mason because what if you're if you try to say like oh i was a mason and there's like one more mason like they still can say well i woke up and you didn't wake up so exactly what are you gonna say like oh i forgot to wake up (laughs) yeah no masons are dumb no thanks yeah pass instead let's talk about our favorite roles i'll go first okay give it to me um my favorite Oh, we didn't do least favorite uh, daybreak roll, actually. Do you have one? Oh. Uh, let's see. Of the daybreak ones, uh, I, I, I like most of them. Maybe Village Idiot? Yeah, I never play with that one. Would probably be my least favorite. Mostly because just it's the, just the shuffling. Like you, you obviously know that there is one if there is one because it's impossible to be that quiet and moving however many tokens you're moving. Right. And it, it's not very interactive, I guess. Like, I, I really like roles, I guess, where you can choose an effect on one other person and or, or two other people or what have you. And right. roles like that where you kind of just do a thing arbitrarily, I don't really like yeah no it's yeah it's chaos for chaos sake my least favorite of the daybreak rolls is one i actually do use sometimes and okay. that's um the alpha werewolf the okay. alpha werewolf roll is you put an extra werewolf next to the three center tiles at the start of the game after you've distributed the other rolls so there's a face-up werewolf card and the alpha werewolf gives the werewolf card to someone during the night actions so he makes someone into a werewolf who was not a werewolf before and i feel like this is such a handicap i've never won as the alpha werewolf maybe that's why i hate it but i feel like adding another werewolf to the game makes it so much harder because it's just one more way for you to lose yeah it sucks to get a role like the alpha werewolf and be like well i'm actively going to hinder my team (laughs) how do i hinder it the least right i don't know not yeah, a fan of that one. yeah, I'm not a big fan of that one either. And uh, you know, if you if you have a, a next level play that you do with the Alpha Werewolf, I'd love to hear it. So <laughs> reach out if that's the case. Please tell us how to play him. Then uh, favorite roles for these games. Um, one one other role I actually wanted to mention for for least favorites. It, it's a role I really like, but it's one that whenever I sit down with a new group of people, they don't like is the mm-hmm. doppelganger. Oh, I love Doppelganger. Yeah, Doppelganger's great, except for how many extra um, 
readouts the apps tends to do depending on your setup right so it can make the just the the wait, sitting and waiting phase of the game longer and i don't blame people for that like i i, I don't yeah. like to play with it all the time i like to mix it in now and then but it does actually take it does expand the game time just alone that one roll yeah i think that yeah meta dependent putting that one in so let's go back to um just the base game mm-hmm. my favorite role is the robber Ooh, okay what do you like about it when i'm town i really like getting that person's knowledge and then getting during the day phase seeing how they react thinking they're still that thing mm-hmm. and stealing a werewolf card is even more cool to see how that person reacts and and what they're trying to do and mm-hmm. then trying to get away with it and the, like when another werewolf starts to pressure you th- thinking that they're that you're not a werewolf and you kind of have to finesse that situation like can i give them a sign that i'm a werewolf now or or can i um somehow still maybe i can get them to like vote out their partner i don't know there's a lot of cool things i feel like the robber lets you do mm-hmm. okay so my favorite is the troublemaker uh i really enjoy like you were saying with the robber um being able to switch two different cards with other players who now have no idea what they really are i like seeing their reactions based on that and uh trying to get reads off that and then if there's a seer um if they point to someone whose card i moved and tell me what they are then i can gather information in that way yeah i like the troublemaker role a lot too i like all the roles that that switch other people's roles i i never play without those in my lineups when i, when I have the choice of making them mm-hmm. um I I guess I only like it a little bit less than the robber because I don't um, get the knowledge. I I have you you get knowledge in a sense that um, you know what's happened to two different roles, but the fact that you don't know what those roles are, um, it kind of puts it like a lot of. I feel like there's a a different responsibility you have with that role. Like you switch these roles, so like you it's your duty to kind of figure out what happened now. I feel like the troublemaker almost always should claim. Oh yeah, instantly. Sorry, I didn't finish my thought. Like I want you to claim as soon as almost as soon as the day phase. It does starts. tend to go poorly when the troublemaker claims later. Yeah. Than other roles. I would like to talk about one of my other favorite roles. That's also one of my least favorite roles. Okay. The hunter. How do you feel about the hunter? Oh uh, yeah, these are some of my. The hunter and the sentinel, I don't care for either of those roles very much. Um, they're so, like kind of tantalizing in, the, in this respect that, especially the hunter, like I get to kill someone if I die. Right. But I feel like you actually get to do the effect so rarely that you feel like you're doing nothing most of the time. Exactly. The So for the hunter, if he dies, then whoever you're voting for dies as well. So it gives the village, you, you get to play hero ball. If the village messes up and kills you, you have a shot to win it for the village, which is, yeah, it sounds exciting and is exciting in the very rare circumstance that that actually gets to happen. More often than not, you're just a vanilla villager though. And the sentinel is the same thing. If you die, you get to basically protect someone, I believe. Yeah. Or it's not, if you die, it's just the person you vote for doesn't die. So the next person with the next most votes would be the one who gets killed 
and um, I, I don't know the hunter. You'd think it would happen more frequently, right? Because hunter is one of the rules that when you're mafia, or not mafia, when you're werewolf, you uh, so let's say you're a new werewolf. You think of mm-hmm. you tend to p- claim roles that can't be verified, right? And roles that are verified are ones that involve information or the you're not claiming roles, seer, right? So the villa- the villager is the obvious one to claim. But the, one of the next most easiest is to claim is the hunter. If you think no no one else is the hunter, if you think it's one of the center cards, then you claim that because no one can prove it. No one, um, unless they saw your card, would know any better because you didn't really do anything until after the vote. So you think, like, well, that's one of the ones that are most likely to die, so you would get to do it more often. But it doesn't tend to go that way, I find. like Right. Usually you can deduce more of the game than that, and, and you end up doing nothing in the long run. I think that's fair. So how about your favorite role from Daybreak then? Honestly, this is pretty easy. It's Apprentice Seer. Really? Yeah. I, I tended to leave that one out. Why do you like that one? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I like knowing knowledge that's in the center. Honestly, sometimes more than the knowledge that's around the table. Well, yeah, um, when, I'm, when I'm Seer, I'd say 95% of the time, I look at the two center cards. Yeah. Um, so do you put seer and apprentice seer in the same game typically no oh see i never play games without the seer it's interesting i mean yeah again it depends i think apprentice seer if you're playing i mean you'll have I, i would probably have both if there's seven and up players if it's yeah, six I play and below, games with like eight people where i've had both but i've never yeah. had the seer out I mean, it depends on the other uh, roles that you're playing. Like, if it's all villagers and then two quote-unquote power roles, I wouldn't have just the Apprentice Seer. If I had the Apprentice Seer, I would have the Seer alongside it. But if I have, say, a robber, like a troublemaker, and like a villager in a six-person game, I have no problem making the Apprentice Seer number four in the town. So, but yeah. what were you going to say? No, no, that's that's pretty much it. it. I mean, yeah, it's it's technically a weaker seer, obviously, uh, but it is unique to Daybreak. Um, I also, I, for the most part, enjoy the Revealer, but it, I don't know, it does feel like worthless if you hit a werewolf for Tainer. I think the Revealer is too strong, personally. Maybe that's why I enjoy it. I think like, I feel like it's it, it can make games kind of solved almost before you even start the timer. Like if you just flip mm-hmm. someone who what like if there's always like more charismatic players, and if you flip like the strongest player's card, then the rest of the bit can kind of just like come together really quickly. If that yeah, was a werewolf, that can happen. I would agree with that. I think I. I mean, I, there's a reason why it's not my number one, and it's a close number two. I feel um, the reveal. You definitely need to be playing nine, ten people. You can't. You definitely can't put that in a game smaller. I like all of the um, besides the alpha werewolf. Ironically, I like all of the other um, mafia cards. Mystic this. Wolf. Yeah, I love Mystic Wolf. Yeah. Um, I feel like so. So Mystic Wolf, I see as um the opposite 
of the alpha werewolf. Alpha werewolf makes it really hard for the werewolves to win. And the mystic wolf makes it, it if I had to quantify it, I'd be like, the alpha werewolf takes the wolves like two steps backward. And then the mystic wolf takes the werewolves one step forward. And yeah. that doesn't balance. So I, I tend to leave the alpha werewolf out because I don't think you can really offset that balance unless you have like the minion and the mystic wolf personally. Um, mm-hmm. But the I think the perfect balance is having the mystic wolf and the dream wolf because the dream wolf doesn't know who's on their team. So they're one step backward and the mystic wolf is like going one step forward with that additional information. I agree with that. And I also like the paranormal investigator, not all the time, but to mix it up sometimes. I like that that role can also be turned into a werewolf in place of the minion role. Usually I have either the minion or the paranormal investigator alongside my two werewolves. Uh, I, I like the PI too. Um, the only issue, and it's to a far lesser extent than the doppelganger, but I feel if you're playing in a group of newer players, the PI can be a little trickier for a new player to comprehend what they're doing. Yeah, that's true. So we've started talking about setups a little bit inadvertently, so now would be a good time to talk about how we like to set up the game in general. Mm-hmm. Before we get into specifics, how do you feel about villagers? Like, do you ever take them out altogether? No. No? They're always in. So uh, I like uh, a comedian on, on Twitter and YouTube, um, mm-hmm. someone Cho, and he plays a lot of One Night Werewolf, and he thinks the game only like, starts to get good after you take the villagers out. And I've met other people like that, too, at really? like, conventions who they're like, oh, if you're playing the villagers in there, you're playing weak sauce. I don't agree with that. Okay, so I defend it. I feel like to maybe in terms of if you're playing the game in a very small sample size, one, two, three game vacuum, I could understand why people would think that taking the villagers out is maybe more exciting or even in some instances skill intensive. But I feel for you to really grow and get better at the game, you need to be the villager occasionally. Oh, that's interesting. You have to learn to do nothing and and mm-hmm. and get away with it yeah do you disagree i feel like you would agree with that it's definitely not fun to flip over the villager card when you get sure. your card but you want a power roll but yeah i do think that the players who are good at the game are fine with getting the villager and and it improves your day talk if you like embrace it yeah because you you're you're less role reliant on your information. The better you get at picking up things like social cues and and things of that nature. The, being the villager allows you to focus on that. You know something we didn't actually discuss, and I don't know if we have a good place to put it besides right here. What do you think? Let's say, let's say a group of six is playing. You, me, a few of our friends, and it's so it's a meta that's developed, and everybody knows one another, etc. What do you think a good win rate is for the town? Um, probably two out of three games. I was going to say like 65% or so, somewhere right there. Yeah, I think you can really, like if all things are are equal and um, there's not like a great imbalance of player strengths, then on average, I think the werewolves shouldn't win more than one out of three. That I think right there, the fact that the town's already winning more often than not, I think that confirms that villagers are fine. Yeah. Um... For me, I always put one villager in, and I do this yeah. by default for the reason that 
there are always going to be people who are less comfortable with lying and I want them to have that out to just like claim villager. Even if someone else claims villager, it's like you can claim villager and just be like, okay, well, one of us is the werewolf. It's 50-50 now. Right. I think that's why I like two, at least two. Yeah. There's always someone who's not going to be quite as comfortable as people who played it a bunch like us. Right. How did we get on this tangent? Villagers. Um, We're talking about uh, game setups. Oh, right. Okay. Why don't you tell us what your perfect setup is, Graham? How many people... What roles do you like to put in? Uh, I don't know if it's perfect, uh, but one of my favorite ways to play, and this is if you have six, which strangely enough always feels like the number that I get when I play one night werewolf. Um, But so you have two werewolves. I like the minion in there. And then in terms of town, I'm I'm thinking seer. And uh, should note real quick, this is with just regular one night, no daybreak. Um, seer, a robber, a troublemaker, and then two villagers, and then kind of just a meta-dependent wild card. Sometimes maybe a third villager, maybe the hunter, just a drunk. Whatever that's, you want in that final spot. That's pretty vanilla. It's very classic of you. Thank you. I would definitely, if I was going to play that, I would put the doppelganger in as the last card you were considering. Doppelganger would be fine there too. For me, I included Daybreak in mine. I tend to play with like seven or eight people. I, sometimes I feel like kind of a snob about the game because I don't think it like starts to get fun until you like have six people. Um, you are, I, I prefer you are snob. seven. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so my ideal ha- uh, construct has seven. I tend to play with like um, seven or eight people when I go to conventions. So for my uh, my werewolf team, I like to have the mystic wolf and the dream wolf which i alluded to earlier that they have that kind of balance of one is stronger and one is weaker than a regular werewolf and then i like to have the minion as well sometimes that's the the paranormal investigator um but not always and then i well actually sometimes when you're playing with um with a with a group and the werewolves are having a hard time winning i'll put in minion and paranormal investigator but okay mm-hmm. um that's uh, my wolf lineup. And then I've got your typical villager and your seer and your robber and your troublemaker and your witch and your insomniac. So the I don't think I think we've talked about all of these roles except for the witch. The witch is um, an expansion role and it allows you to um, look at one of the center cards and then you can give it to someone or you can take it for yourself, which is like an incredibly strong role in my mind. But uh, I think it's really cool. Um, so there's that one. And then, like I said, um, like you, I have uh, a kind of like a flex spot there at the end. And that can be either the paranormal investigator or the doppelganger, usually for me. I like it. I mean, really, I, I can't think of many setups that I wouldn't like. So I'm good with yours. I am curious, I guess, now that I've thought about it more, I. Um, there's setups that um, have like no switching roles. Like I said, I love the robber and trouble robber and troublemaker role. Excuse me, um, but there are ones where you just like have seer, apprentice seer, witch, mystic wolf, and just like, straight information. Almost every role has some amount of information. I yeah. kind of want to see how that would go now that I think about it. I, I've always been too attached to those move changing roles um, to try it out, but 
can be pretty cool. Mike, maybe. I think I think the town would win far more than it should. You would think. I think. You would think. I don't know. Could be wrong. Let's do it. Next, I would like to let you coach up our listeners. What are what are some of your pro tips or some strategies that you that you have used to become a pro at one night werewolf, Graham? Oh, yikes. I don't have many pro tips. Uh, if you're playing against Kyle, you don't let him talk because he'll take control of the game. That is so untrue. I just happen to play with people who don't know the game as well as I do, and I'm trying to help everybody out. You're, you're trying to win while giving the appearance of helping people out. I just don't get why people want to have no direction. But <laughs> Well, if the direction is coming from a bad source, that's direction you don't want. Um, pro tips. Honestly, I can't really think of any. I'm not. I, I kind of just oh, go just with the it. flow. Yeah, I just kind of wing it. Um, I feel like that's not again, how I pro- play at all. <laughs> because because well, I mean, we play games like these far different than each other. Um, so I think what I was saying earlier about how like the troublemaker. I think if you have troublemaker in your lineup, identifying the troublemaker and what they might have moved is something you want to establish early and have someone um, down on paper real early for what they did um, because those movements are important. Um, Also, you also have the chance that, and obviously it doesn't always work out this way, but the chance that a troublemaker moved a card and a wolf's like, oh, I was a wolf, let's kill him because they now think they're a townie. Um, That's always good. Are there Uh, any um, town rules that you withhold claiming that you're that you like save till everyone's kind of done talking to the reveal uh maybe the robber i think would be the role i do that the most often with i don't know. see i'm kind of anti withholding i i don't really like see that, i mean i mean yeah you kind of asked that in a loaded sense i i think i would probably tell them be pretty forthcoming with it but if there were, was a role that i had to say I would withhold the information the longest. It would probably be robber. Okay. Or or if you're announcing like you're a drunk, I could see there's really uh, there's no real benefit to announcing that early, and there's no real detriment to announcing it late. I guess. True, but that's also one kind of like the hunter where, um, like no one can can verify what you did. Exactly. Yeah, that's why it's it's information that doesn't really advance the game state yeah um so i like i said i like to try to order this chaos so for me my main strategy and i do tend to play with people who come in like you either they play more casually or they're new to the game or they don't have an like they don't have a bona fide strategy that works for them so i i my idea is we gotta take advantage of the time that we have so we gotta get Mm -hmm. all the information out there so I have two strategies that I like to employ. The first is to, before anyone talks, I try to get everyone to volunteer. On the count of three, if you're a villager, raise your hand so that we can get out of the way whether or not one of the wolves is, going, is intending to claim villager. So we, we sort out how many villagers cards were distributed and how many possible villagers can there be and who's going to try to claim that. And if, if that's a wrench we got to think about, now we know. So once that's out of the way, I like to go in reverse order of roles. So 
if, in terms of the way they acted at night yes yeah. so i want I, I ask everyone um so is there an insomniac and if that person comes forward we, we see what, what role they had and work my way that way and my preference for this is for many reasons but one of them is the seer gets the most information so it is a move that lets the seer see if if a card got switched they know what happened to their card now so they're not going to come out guns blazing like i saw a werewolf blah 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 and and get all confident um mm-hmm. in their claim even though like something might have happened and if, if the werewolves know that someone got caught as the werewolf immediately by the seer they can immediately go to a backup plan like right. uh well i don't know what happened i was this but if if that card got switched then the seer knows that going into it another reason i really like to do this is because i find it lets me play just as well as town versus just as well if i play a werewolf card why so first i think um for like as a tip for improvement that's something you kind of want to be self-conscious of is do i play differently if i'm town or do i play differently if i'm a werewolf you want to try mm-hmm. to find a way that you can play similarly both ways and for me if i'm town like i said it it's beneficial to the seer to go in this way and um it lets us get to the the roles that got switched faster so like the troublemaker comes up faster this way mm-hmm. and then if i'm a werewolf if i go in reverse order then there are rules that i'm thinking about is like one of course like as you point out i'm leading the conversation this way so i i i ask uh-huh. them, is there an an insomniac if no one says anything then i can say oh that was me <laughs> and then right uh so I'm, I'm listening very keenly for like what's not gonna come out right and then i'm then i, I have to make a like a decision is that because that person is withholding their information because they don't like my strategy or is that like something that'll be safe for me to claim? Mm-hmm. And at some point, like by going through this way, I can, I, I just have to make a split second decision somewhere along the line of, oh good, no one counterclaimed me. That was my role. Right. So I tend not to like, say, like if I'm town, I tend not to say like, all right, we've gotten to the robber. I was the robber. I tend to ask, is there a robber? And that's with it in mind that like, sometimes I'm going to be the werewolf. And then I don't want people saying, like, you didn't say you were the robber, Kyle. That means you're a werewolf. Well, I, I am playing as town, but I'm also playing with the intention, like, I'm going to be a werewolf somewhere down the line. So I have right. to hedge a little bit. Right. It's a good strategy. I mean, you've solved the game, so. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, that makes sense because as town allows you to counterclaim if anyone claims when you're going through that, like you said, and if you're a wolf you're just listening for what's not being claimed and i'm so glad you brought you... that up because that's what i wanted to ask you about next oh uh, yeah what's that so let's say you're a, a, a vanilla werewolf mm-hmm. and there's like someone in the game who you like you think you could take advantage of like let's mm-hmm. say they were uh the troublemaker something that okay. you like you could confirm happened uh-huh like roles got switched have you considered a strategy of just like is it ever correct to just balls out on the table no i was the troublemaker this guy's a werewolf absolutely why would it not be i feel like it's so hard to pull off i 
really shy away from this. I, I, I'd say like three out of four times I do that, I end up getting caught as the werewolf. I mean, it's hard, but like with the role like Troublemaker, it's not like you're gaining knowledge of those two cards. So you could be like, no, I'm the one that moved them. I right. Move this here. Move but that it, there. So what happens when I do this, I, I tend to find, is that person reacts in an emotional way that they, they think you're the most abhorrent person who's ever lived. Like, you gotta be more how dare you accuse me of lying? <laughs> like, it gets out of, outside of, like, a game context. You know, all of a sudden you're, like, by, by trying to take their role away from them, you have, like, personally offended them in a way that they will hold a grudge against you for many a generation. <laughs> Isn't that the point of playing this game? Yeah, but, like, that's a really deep down, like, hard thing to grapple with when someone comes at you and personally attacks you and you're like, whoa, I'm just playing a game. And then all right. of a sudden you like it's pretty comes pretty clear that you you weren't the werewolf. So what is what do you do in that situation? You come back at them just as far like, no, I'm a werewolf. Or, or sorry, no. <laughs> Whoa, don't do that. You <laughs> I lose. Know, I just spelled it's so bad. <laughs> I'm the troublemaker, and you're trying to make it personal. Like that's a that's a passion you gotta like be prepared for, and I just never yeah, pull it that off. You gotta be ready to bring the heat. So have you done that and pulled it off? I've, like I've done it by maybe once. I'm I'm sure I've probably pulled it off at some point. I mean, it's not something I go to frequently, but I definitely think if it's yeah someone you think you can push around a little bit, for lack of better words, it's a perfectly viable strategy. I just think it's so hard to be genuine, and it's so because it, it, yeah, it's tough to be genuine. But I mean, you essentially you're turning the game into a. a okay, so we said and we said that werewolves we feel like a good win rate is about thirty five percent for them. Or at least that's what equals out to. You're turning the game into a 50-50 if you do it this way. But in my experience, it's not because it's hard to be as genuine as them. Well, maybe you should be a more genuine person, Kyle. I don't know. I, I would not recommend it. Okay, so what do you do then? If uh, let's, say, let's say you do hold on to your information or say you're quote-unquote holding on to your information. Let's say you were holding on to your insomniac information. And uh-huh. so as a werewolf, you say, well, I was the insomniac. And someone was like, no, I was. How do you respond? As town? No, as the werewolf that is getting caught claiming something they're not. Oh, like they withheld the information? Um, yeah. Well, in that case, you, you just got to double down. You, you got to like bank on the fact that because they said it second, they will be construed as more suspicious than you usually the person who so, says it first gets gets the credit i i remember specifically there was a game where i i let the seer claim and then i came in and i was like nope nope don't listen to this man i was the seer <laughs> i did this and i tried to be as genuine about it as possible and that maybe yeah. it's just me there's some kind of tell i don't know hmm. maybe because you're not controlling the conversation in the same pedantic way you normally do maybe i feel like whoever says it first that's who is going to get believed more often than not so what if a werewolf do you think it's a good strategy for as soon as night ends and the night's over for a werewolf to wake up and be like okay i was x well no i don't think first thing because then you seem like that was your strategy and you pre-formulated it (laughs) okay and it's it also would be like i said you want to play the same way as as town or werewolf and that is not something you can do every single game what if you did it as town every time that'd be pretty interesting i was drunk i was insomniac i'm gonna try it sometime <laughs> okay i don't think it'll work but i look forward for the to shot. those games <laughs> okay 
we're getting to the end of the pod. Um, I have a couple big questions. One, I'm ready. Is One Night Werewolf better than playing regular werewolf? Yeah. I'd say yeah, due to speed. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Is your like are we using speed probably for you as well? Yeah, just like I I love getting through the games. If I have one bad game, I'm like on to the next one. And on then the next get, one, yeah. getting on a winning streak, like that's when you're you're getting like a real gaming high. Like I've won three in uh, a row. Or like especially if I'm you're undefeated werewolf. as werewolf or uh-huh. yeah. You're playing like with six, seven people and you've been the werewolf like two or three times in a row and you've duped him every time that feels good and the fact that you're in, you get to play every game you don't like well if you're playing werewolf obviously you're playing every game but mm-hmm. like the fact that you're out you're, you're out one round like you just have no say that round that's less fun to me right yeah you're not ne- i mean yeah you're never out in one in ultimate world yeah in one night yeah i think a criticism of the game is that like People who who don't find it fun the first time, they're like, "Why would I want to play that again?" And like, it can kind of put a damper on a, like a game night. But if, if you get a group of people who feel solid about the game, then that makes the experience that much better for one night. Agree. Let's give it a rating out of five stars. How many would you mm-hmm. give it? Do we give half stars? Yes, we do give half stars. I'd give I'd give it four and a half. Okay, so what's the knock? The knock goes back to what I said earlier. And also, I think it's demonstrated by the way that you say that you um, address the game as a werewolf or as a town member in terms of probably, not saying for sure, but probably the ult- the optimal way to play is a pretty linear thought path in terms of deducing uh, different roles and outcomes of what they did. But there's plenty of variables to be thrown in there that still make that relatively minor of an inconvenience i'm gonna give it a five out of five for our first game review nice i like it it's my all-time favorite game i believe that like if if you include video games it's a little tough it might be tied but for board games for card games it's number one what's uh what's your favorite video game do you have one yes it's 999 what is it Nine hours, nine what? persons, nine doors. Okay. We can talk about that another time. Let's do that, yeah. I like that. All right. Our ratings out of the way. Let's move to some Amazon ratings. So Ooh. I went into the annals of Amazon reviews to try to find <laughs> some people who just just couldn't find one morsel of fun playing this game. Let's go first to Terry, who gave it a one-star review. Not, all caps, for kids, awful. That's it. What a hater. I, know. I just want to know, like, <laughs> what happened with the kids that it, it was just not for kids? Like, did, did something really explicit happen? Or did they just, like, go hog wild and she couldn't control them? Or maybe... Did they download the wrong moderator? I I don't know. Like, what specifically ruined this game for kids? Okay. My second one goes from Jay Johnson. Don't buy it! Exclamation mark. That's the name, the title of his post. He goes on to say, "This is the worst game I played in my forty-seven years." Wow! It's nothing more than a ridiculous guessing game. It's a damper on a party. We would have been better off guessing each other's line of work, age, or how long you've been married. Don't waste your money. 
This is these are pretty rough. So what I imagine happened with this person was they didn't have a person like me who facilitated the discussion, and instead the timer started and they all just went. So what do we do, what do, now? We do now? Right. Right. I think there are some people who like have no experience with this, and they play with other people who have no experience, and they're just kind of mm-hmm. lost and. Yeah. Don't know how to help you there. Uh, so, so you, what is the average rating on Amazon for it? Oh, I don't have it pulled up. Oh, okay. Well, uh, on Board Game Geek, it is only a seven point two out of ten in the community ratings. There must be a lot of people like this who just had never played a deception game before, and they didn't have a strategy, or or they were very bad. <laughs> that that is out of almost twenty thousand ratings. On a bell curve, the peak is at eight. Um. We got, I'll go this, 1.2K, 10, 2.19, 5.7, 8, 4.97, 3.36, 1.15, and then hundreds for the rest. Uh, we do have a couple uh, similar reviews to the ones that you just saw on Amazon that I really enjoy. Um, we got this guy who is apparently a mafia and werewolf pro. pro. Uh, he gave it a one and said, absolutely despise this game. It was boring and way too short. We found the werewolf every time in about two minutes. I've always heard about the classic werewolf mafia game, and it always sounded amazing, but this version let me down so much. Um, and then this guy gave it a one. Bought this for a New Year's Eve game night. Didn't expect people to like it much. Wound up playing it about 15 times. Everybody else loved it, and the app works really well with it. But me? I don't get the appeal. I'm glad that guy got on to share his experience. Alex, what would you give this game? Uh, my rating, I probably four out of five. It's fine. Okay, I have fun. Do we? So since this is getting such good reviews, do we have like a hidden role play seal of approval that we can stamp on this? This that's this is where the stamp sound comes in right mm. here. <laughs> Alex, while you're here, why don't you give us your notes? Uh, sure. Uh, you mentioned Great. the app earlier. It is free to download. At least it is in the iOS store. I assume it is in the Android store as well. Uh, for fun, researching for this podcast, I downloaded the app and I turned on all the roles and I started listening to it and I stopped after about two minutes uh, because it was ridiculous. Okay. I don't, I don't recommend that. Uh, Kyle, you mentioned counterfeiting. I think you combine the words counterclaim and refute into one word, uh, which is mark. now counterfeiting. Uh, okay, okay, I like that. Uh, you guys didn't bring this up. Uh, this I, because I I kind of know your answer is, but I know people who are new to the game probably would do it. It's cheating at the table, where Ooh. you're uh, you're listening Peaking. to cards move around. Uh, you're listening to chairs move when rolls. People are looking at the rolls. Don't be I a would, person. Yeah, I would assume both you agree that's against the spirit of the game. And well, the the, don't the app does play them. music, and you can adjust the volume to try to try to prevent that from happening. And another thing, I've played with groups of people who like tap their fingers on the table while people are doing their rolls. Um, and as long as you do it kind of close enough to the center that people can't tell, like, oh, there's an absence of tapping next to me. I yep. think that actually goes right back to why we discussed why we hate the village idiot role because there's no way to do that role without giving away that it exists. What else you got for us, Alex? What else do I got? Uh, you mentioned uh, 
we'll have to play once quarantine is over. No, you don't. There's a website called uh, netgames.io that has a whole list of deception <laughs> and hidden roleplay games where you can play with your friends. You just hop on Discord in a voice chat or video chat. On this website, you can set up a room. It gives you a little code. You give your friends the code. And we have not actually done it, but I think we will in the future <laughs> now. it works. Oh, hell yeah. We'll give, maybe we'll give our review on that. And uh, you can play games like One Night, Ultimate Werewolf. You can play Codenames, Secret Hitler, Spyfall, Ooh. Love Letter, and Avalon. Oh, those are a lot, that's a lot of good games. Yeah, so we'll have to give that a try. I have one note, and that is that I've bought one like, personal accessory for this game, and that is the sleeves for the back of the cardboard cards. So I know one frequent um, complaint people give about this game is that they punch out the cards and they get uh, specific marks on them and so now everyone can say oh, that one I memorized the way it looks and so it's kind of unplayable at that point if you can cheat the game that way and I so I have these sleeves that the company makes and they've held up quite well um, and I'm a frequent card shuffler uh, as a Pokemon card player so if I can shuffle these cards and they can hold up for a year i feel like someone else could too as long as they're not an abusive overhand shuffler um or trying to riffle these or something um <laughs> do not try to rifle them uh let's just go to our uh, our post game then enough about one night werewolf we're all in favor we're in the middle if you don't own it buy it it's cheap too or try so, it online first yeah or Apparently. try it online it's yeah, try it online if you like it. Buy it. It's I think on Amazon it's almost routinely like quote unquote half off. I think it's like fourteen bucks. You yeah, can also go to YouTube it. and watch people play as well if you want to get a feel for uh, it. Do they stream it on Twitch too? I'm sure they have. What about Mixer? No one cares about Mixer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Moving on. Graham, we'll start with you. How's life in quarantine land? What story you got for us? <sighs> You know, this entire time I've been thinking, like, do I have a good one? Um, I actually am literally on lockdown right now. My son may or may not have the COVID-19. Uh, we got him little ice cream sandwiches with M&Ms in them. That sounds delicious. Yeah, they're pretty good. I had one. Um, was he the one getting into the cookies last time? He was the one getting into the cookies last time. I'm detecting a sweets theme. <laughs> he does like sweets. I think probably most kids like sweets. I like sweets. Don't you like sweets? You have no idea. I just like sweets. Kyle just likes hot tamales. That is not sweet. And licorice. He, no, he likes red vines, which isn't licorice. Oh, I like all of those things, but that's not, not even the candy I've been eating lately. I've been having high chew. I have been eating airhead bites. And I've been eating um, those spree ropes. <laughs> Airheads. Are you have thinking you, of nerd ropes? Had, yeah, I would say, have you had nerd ropes? I've never heard of spree rope. Yeah, I haven't either. No, they're spree ropes interesting they're like a there's like a white paste inside and a red rope around it oh okay okay is the are the sprees are they chopped up so they're a little smaller or are they no they're long ropes so there's so so it's not like the nerd rope where it's a rope and then no there's like nerds okay do the nerd rope rope is an actual rope you can like whip someone with it (laughs) not that you would you just eat it (laughs) now we're talking about role play (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyway, we finally got to the real role play talk. Yeah, <laughs> it's hidden in the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. So yeah. So it's the ratio of ice cream to cookie is the ice cream's like ninety five percent of the thing. The, that's the two smallest little thin wafers on top. He ate this thing. We had to give him a bath. He got so messy eating it. A bath. Because he had ice cream <laughs> on his hands, on his mouth, in his hair. He's three. He knows how to eat. Yeah, but that's really about it. I mean, we're not doing too much. I'm not working. Can I go back to ice cream sandwiches really quick? Yeah. What I kind of ice cream, cream sandwiches stuff. are we talking about? Like the the black cookie on top and bottom no, and the white no, vanilla so the, in the middle? No, so this one is, it's like a uh, a tan colored wafer. I think that might be M&M official. There's like a little tan colored mm-hmm. circle, circular wafer on top and bottom. And then you've got a big thunk, big chunk of vanilla ice cream in the middle with M&M's uh, on the cookie on the top and the bottom. See, when you mentioned M&M sandwich, I pictured the ones where you get the M&M cookie on mm-hmm. the top and bottom. And then you just get the vanilla ice cream in the center. Am I, I think it's kind of like that, but it's a much smaller. Yeah, cookie. the one the ones I'm thinking of are like huge like okay dis- disgustingly huge for one person to eat <laughs> okay well hopefully these aren't these and you're judging me giving my kids <laughs> full ones of these but yeah um i do like the normal just ice cream sandwiches though with the typical layer of chocolate what would you even call that it's not a cookie it's, it's, it's like a like foam a, like a wafer okay i have been eating choco tacos Mm. <laughs> like how I recently or now. just in general a lot you know like like maybe one every other night oh i wouldn't eh, that's fine i think that's moderation are you having other sweets on the the non-choco taco nights the aforementioned candy yeah oh okay you have a sweet tooth kind of how are you yeah. seven pounds <laughs> alex you have a story uh sure i've I don't have anything super interesting. I've had a really great week in gaming. Oh, uh, awesome, we man. had we had Abra Community Day. That was very successful for me. How many signs did you get? I stopped after a couple hours. I was up to five, and then uh, I I didn't want to sit there on my couch with incense anymore. <laughs> I only so I uh, didn't wake up till like twelve thirty. And then I thought it was only going till three. It went till five. Or till two, I mean, because it went, it used to go 11 to two. And mm-hmm. so I was like, well, I've already lost half my time. And so I went out there and I played for 45 minutes. And I only found one shiny for the first like 30 minutes. And then I found four like back to back to back to nice. back. Did you, were you using the incense? No. Oh, they were giving you one like every 30 seconds if you had one on. Oh, wow. So remember that for the next community day. The more you know. Yeah. I got a shiny Phoebus. Remote raids are awesome. I have four ra- uh, four gyms surrounding my apartment building. So Must be nice. I can solo three-star raids all day, I guess, if I want to spend the coins. I still can't solo a three-star raid. Well, you, you're a different story, though. You've never spent Stardust, so... Maybe you guys should look into get some cast forms. Mm, no. Okay. 
My one big thing tonight, I baked cookies for the first time in my life by myself. Ooh. They were delicious. Did you make chocolate chip cookies? They were chocolate chip cookies with uh, bits of Heath bar in it. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Were they good? They're they come out good? Very good. They came I out made great. A, I made a strawberry pie this weekend. Wow. I know. I feel like you them. would make your cookies firmer than I would want them. Yeah. Yeah. I like a... I like a <laughs> How I like, do you feel that? <laughs> he just knows. I just have a sense of his personality. He, yeah. he likes a I nice, like a, Definitely um, do not cookie. like the chewy uh, Chips Ahoy. Or, the, those are awful. I'm very much the opposite. <laughs> I like uh, a melty, gooey... Like, it, it, it can't even, like, stay level kind of mm, cook needs a little firmness so you want to you want to pick it up on one side and if you're holding it strictly on like the left side inward you want itself. i was gonna say you want the right side to be falling down yes oh that's I'd, i mean that's fine you need milk with stuff like yeah that. i was gonna say i'd rather have a firmer cookie that i can soften up with some milk yeah my favorite is oatmeal raisin and a really gooey oh, no. oatmeal raisin i do like oh, no. i do like oatmeal raisin Those are not an oatmeal raisin cookie guy Raisin's not a candy. Get it out of here. All right. For my story, I had an encounter over the weekend with uh, with my my girlfriend's nephew. So we we stopped over. We made a stop at at her mom's house, and the nephew was over visiting. Age of nephew? Eight. Okay. All right, and. And they have a cat there, mm-hmm. and so we were, Age of cat. we were playing a card game. Uh, what is the card game called? It's uh, it's it's the one where you you have like so many levels, and you have to I don't remember what it's called. But you have to like <laughs> you have to pass through the levels, and and some people get ahead of each other, and you have to have like a run of this many numbers or phase ten. Phase ten, yeah. There you go. Yeah, I knew you'd get it. So we were playing phase 10 and the, the nephew comes up behind us and, and he's like holding the cat and, and the cat kind of does like a scritch scratch and he goes, this cat's being a right bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know how they were going to react to this, uh, but everyone starts laughing uh, and looking at each other and just like blushing and, and whatnot. And not only did I know not know how to react to this, the the nephew didn't know how how to react to them reacting, and <laughs> and he he goes, "Am I in trouble?" And they're like, "No." But before they can say no, he starts bawling. Oh no! Bawling, and he's like, "I didn't know what it meant," <laughs> and he knew what it meant, but he's he's learned from you know, the way kids pick things up. That as long as he apologizes profusely, he'll get away with anything. Mm. So even though he wasn't in trouble at all, it was like in good fun. They're like, oh, that was kind of cute. He said a funny thing that he wasn't supposed to say. And they weren't going to like, he wasn't going to be in serious trouble or anything. Just the, just the hint. He smelled it in the water. Like he did something he wasn't supposed to do. And so he like did this thing. Apparently he's been doing it a lot where he, he just cries like on a dime he instantly turns it on because he thinks that's how he's gonna get out of the situation it was it was kind of like he was werewolfing us (laughs) yeah talk about uh 
talk about taking it personally when when someone counterclaims your role. I'm sure you would. <laughs> All right, this concludes hidden role play. Take us out, okay. Alan. Yeah.